What's up, everybody? You are listening to Nursing Uncharted, the podcast that uncovers uncharted territory within your nursing practice. I'm Maggie Reichardt. I'm a full-time medical ICU nurse and your host for Nursing Uncharted. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope everybody is having a wonderful Thanksgiving if they're celebrating Thanksgiving. I think this episode is set to air just after Thanksgiving, so I hope you're all eating leftover sandwiches and walking off that Thanksgiving belly. This episode is sponsored by AMN Passport. AMN Passport is a highly rated travel nursing app that helps you find assignments, book assignments, and manage it all from your phone, putting you in the fast track towards your next travel assignment. You receive instant job match notifications when you use the app, so be sure to check it out. So today we are delving into an advanced practice degree. When we think of nursing and advanced practice degrees, we think of NP school, midwifery, CRNA, you know, CNS maybe. But have you ever thought of a master's in public health? I'm sitting down with Dr. Jan Carney today. She is Associate Dean for Public Health and Health Policy and Professor of Medicine at the Larner College of Medicine at the University of Vermont. Dr. Carney is active in public health practice, research, education, and service. She served as Vermont's Commissioner of Health under three governors, championing, championing improvements in children's health insurance, preventing teen smoking, and improving cancer screening. She received the Vermont Public Health Association Public Health Champion Award in 2018 and was recently awarded the UVM President's Distinguished University Citizenship and Service Award for her innovative teaching, creative leadership, and service to the UVM community. So, Dr. Carney, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. I'm delighted to be here today. Yeah, it's been a long time coming. You <laughs> you came up on our radar, you know, a while ago, and we had just finished a season of advanced practice, you know, and nurse educators. And so I was I was like, I really would love to have her on. But, you know, we wanted to wait till the time was right. So so I'm excited to have you today. Thank you. So. Masters of Public Health, I yep. I want to, you know, set this episode up for people that are interested in pursuing this, you know, people that have no idea about about what it entails. So can you provide a little bit of an overview about what an MPH program entails and why maybe it's valuable to nurses specifically to obtain the degree? Sure. Happy to do that. Um, yeah. All po public health programs that are nationally accredited through the Council on Education for Public Health, have to have the same basic configuration and components. And they might have different courses and options and concentrations, but let me give you the general frame. So there mm. might be 42 graduate credits, and some okay. of the areas, they include something, um, sort of a capstone project, and um, uh, an applied practice experience. So people who are... Looking at, sometimes we have health professionals either looking for another dimension to their work, as an example, but it's an opportunity to kind of try out something or experiment with a little work with a public health agency or an area nonprofit, something you haven't done before. And so yeah. there's that. The, the traditional areas of public health include the math, epidemiology, and biostatistics. It okay. includes environmental public health. It mm -hmm. includes social and behavioral factors in public health. So those are the, the habits and behaviors. And it also um, includes, it's 
either called health policy and management or health services administration. So that's the connection of public health science to healthcare. So those mm-hmm. are the kind of the core areas. And if you think about today, and so so most programs give you some direct didactics and, and coursework in each of those areas. But then if you think about sort of some of the more of the issues and the challenges, a lot of those kind of intersect. You know, one of the big ones mm-hmm. is right now is is the whole challenge to provide high quality information to the public, the public education mm-hmm. piece and prevent misinformation. That might be one. You know, informatics connects healthcare and public health. So there's a lot of mm. kind of cross-cutting issues also. So I'll, I'll stop there, but that's sure. kind of the general frame. Okay. And so a lot of, so are there different like specializations that you can do within, you know, like do you specialize in social behavior sciences under the umbrella of a master's in public health? Or are the all are they all just different courses that are, you know, you, you take courses in, in each one. That That's where different programs allow you to do different things. Okay. So what I just described, and we intentionally have a strong generalist program. So we want to make mm-hmm. sure that you have depth in all of the foundations of public health. And you still have elective courses, so you can do that. We do have one concentration in global health leadership, and I can tell you more about our thinking about that, but depends on the program. Of They might say you can have a specialization in epidemiology or in health mm-hmm. policy or in, or in the social and behavioral, the health promotion kinds of things. So it kind of de- depends. The other thing I would say is, um, particularly people who are already in, in a health career, Mm-hmm. There are possibilities to do programs in person and full time or a hundred percent remote and part time mm-hmm. or okay. full time a hundred percent remote. So we intentionally designed our program to be a hundred percent asynchronous online, meaning everybody's not on Zoom at the same time. The mm-hmm. the courses are scheduled and using innovative educational technologies such that in any kind of a course, you would have a typical week's work, but you don't necessarily have to be on with your entire class at the exact same time. So what does, you know, what, what does that do? First of all, that gives people who are working flexibility. They can complete the programs either, you know, very fast as a full-time endeavor or something uh, at their at that's more of a part-time. It also in that asynchronous online space we find we have a tremendous diversity of students mm-hmm. in the class, much more right. than you would actually see in a physical classroom because we have people who are working in healthcare, working in public health already, and now mm-hmm. coming back to get their degree. We have, we have students who are just graduating from undergraduate and mm. going directly in. We have, we have faculty here at our university who are in our program. So the students get a whole mix of very different kinds of, of individuals in those courses, in our, in our discussions. And so yeah. that's, that's the basic, again, those are just some of the basic differences in some of the right. programs that you find. Gotcha. And I think uh, 
you know, something to point out too in very broad, you know, for our listener bases, it's not, you know, a classroom full of nurses, you know, this is a, this is a, you know, large encompassing, you know, variety of different backgrounds coming in. So, you know, having a master's in public health, you know, it is, it's very important for nurses to have these types of degrees. Um, But yeah, you'll, you'll have like a vast majority of how many, like, are, is there a majority of people in like one specific type of healthcare getting public health? Like how, what's the percentage of, of, you know, courses being nurses? Well, you know, nationally, I can't answer that, you know, and Mm -hmm. I can speak, but, but I can tell you that we have a mix of different kinds of people. So people who are working in public health or not-for-profit organizations might not yet have had the opportunity to have that formal graduate level education in public health. And Mm -hmm. that really, that master public health, as I said, because of the, the national accreditation requirements, that is the most common public health degree. And also you can you can be certain that graduates from an accredited program have some specialized skills in those different areas. Mm-hmm. And and so we have, for example, we have a real mix of people who are working in nursing, mental mm-hmm. health, healthcare across the board, different healthcare professions, including medicine. We mm-hmm. have people who are in government agencies who are now who are getting their full credential. We have mm-hmm. undergraduate students who may or may not have different majors undergraduate and then have decided yeah. that they want to try that career trajectory either by itself or sometimes some of them go on to do healthcare a healthcare uh, credential as well. So it really mm-hmm. it really it varies quite a bit and and some of that it might be helpful um, to to understand a little bit about what what are some of those unique educational components what kinds of how how does that help if you're a nurse as an example you know people probably heard about public health nurses and and that's clearly an avenue that people can choose but the way healthcare is um evolving there's other opportunities with those skills and also well it's no surprise to any of us that that just coming out of the pandemic, there's so many public health needs at so yeah. many different levels yeah. that um, people who are trained in healthcare can help meet those needs. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of want to unpack that a little bit more. I mean, what type of jobs do you see nurses with public health degrees normally, you know, taking on? Yep. So let's maybe start with the 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 something that's familiar which is the public health nurse so what does Mm. what does a public health nurse do so somewhere in um nursing education you might make a decision to be a public health nurse and let's say that you might work for a state county or local health department every state has these you know here in vermont we have a state health department with district offices with public health nurses who work in them all over the entire state. And okay. they might have a, a unique role in immunizations, infectious disease outbreaks, connecting mm. and meeting the needs of their community. It might be health education, 
It might be environmental challenges, all kinds of things. Okay. So, so that's something. So, nurses working within the public, what we call the public health system, you know, that's yeah. one. That's certainly an option. Within maybe in healthcare. So, so un, unbundle some of that curriculum a little bit, so that yeah. that the math, the epidemiology, mm-hmm. and the biostatistics. Those are requirements of all graduate public health programs. You know, how does that help? A nurse in in mm-hmm. your career, so think about there's couple there's couple logical paths. Think about population health. Most health systems were less a collection of hospitals and individual healthcare practices these days than mm-hmm. than more collections of hospitals and practices sure. and clinics and health systems. Right. Yeah. So when we think about population health. Because we have electronic health records, mm-hmm. you can now look at all of the patients who are in that health system and learn characteristics about them that help you to deliver the highest quality of care, mm-hmm. to identify gaps in care, to identify opportunities for prevention. All right. Mm-hmm. And and a public health mindset, which you get from that education, is public health is about prevention, preventing mm-hmm. disease, whatever we can, and meeting the needs of entire population. So you start to think about those individual patients as a group and mm-hmm. think about, well, are we are we making flu shots available to, to the patients that we serve? Mm-hmm. Um, are there other services that we find that people need? And it's that kinds of thinking yeah. in population health management, um, yeah. that's a, that's um, clearly an extension of the skills that you might learn um, in a public health program. Sure, sure. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I, I think that, that that would be attractive to nurses who maybe work at the bedside and, and, you know, they see these patients come in that don't have a lot of resources that, you know, you wish that they, you know, something was preventable. And there's such a, you know, mindset shift in the hospital where we're, we're truly there to fix a problem, not, you know, thinking about like prevention, you know, or, or what could have happened to prevent this from happening. And so I think, you know, the opportunity to kind of step back and look at maybe an overview of, of what's going on in the community. I could see how that could be attractive to nurses that need a little bit of like change of mindset, you know, it gives you, it gives you the ability to, as you said, step. You can step back and you can sort of see the big picture. Mm-hmm. At the same time, you're looking at the needs of that individual patient. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the other areas, you know, the social and behavioral factors. So mm-hmm. think about the risk factors for your critical care nurse. So think about someone with serious um, cardiovascular disease, right? Mm-hmm. Who might have a long-term smoking history. Right. Mm-hmm. So you think about community-based strategies and the science of preventing illness in in entire communities. And there's that's one of the things you learn is yeah. how can how can we how can we take advantage of every opportunity to prevent the consequences from sure. some of the the habits and behaviors that might be addictions like tobacco, 
or yeah. opioid addiction is is a huge issue mm-hmm. in in uh, many areas of the country. Um, whether or not we get enough physical activity or we're sedentary and the quality of of what we're able to eat, um, mm-hmm. those are, have a huge impact on people's health. And those social factors or social determinants of health, if someone mm-hmm. depends on on do they have a job that that pays mm-hmm. them a livable wage? Uh, do they yeah. have transportation to get regular health care? Do they have a house to live in? All those yeah. things, and and nurses and health professionals and public health professionals who understand how all the interplay of these different sure. factors impact people's health can be so incredibly helpful yeah and in making people's lives better yeah absolutely i could i could definitely see that because you see the cracks of you know you you can assess what the what the needs are of these patients that you know these chronic uh of patients coming in for the same thing and you know i'm sure it would be so meaningful to be able to you know decrease the rate of like er admissions you know coming right. in for like things that could have been you know dealt with if they had the resources at home or the education set up or the you know outpatient supplies in place yeah yeah exactly and mm-hmm. the the other the other couple of areas so i just might mention briefly so the the other one is Health, uh, health policy management or health services administration, and we mm-hmm. call it health policy, leadership, and advocacy. So that's okay. understanding how our health system in the U.S. really works. And mm-hmm. as a result of that, what are our opportunities to be leaders within that? And I would yeah. say that that clearly within health systems, there are currently him will continue to be increasing roles for leadership. And so part of that education is around the leadership parts of our system. And then the the final big area is in environmental public health. And of course, the biggest challenge there right now is climate change and all the Mm -hmm. health conditions that are, are impacting so many people. In our area, you know, over the past, over this summer, we had Um, massive flooding in some areas Mm -hmm. of the country it's been just horrendous heat waves and and Mm -hmm. so so think about the breadth of that so that's sort of the breadth of that kind of education and perspectives that if you are are someone who is skilled and equipped to deliver health care to individual patients it gives you just a, a different perspective and a broad perspective and a context to help those people. Yeah. And so all of these things kind of encompass something that a public health nurse would do if you're, you know, applying for that type of position. Are there any other types of positions like, you know, you talked about informatics, maybe, you know, yep. a nurse informaticist, you know, that also public health degree could, could, um, you know, benefit if you wanted to to take a position there. Are there other like you know job titles that you find you know people take on because of their master's in public health degree? Uh, I, yes, and and I think that depends on 
you know, stay within the health system. So if the yeah. many, most health professionals are working within a health system usually, right? Yeah. So you might be the, you might be the leader, uh, that, certainly mm -hmm. the panel manager of a, a large group of practice. You could be okay. in a leadership role within the entire organization um, okay. in either inpatient or outpatient or a subset of healthcare, but it prepares you for a larger role within that health system. Yeah, I see. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I could see how, you know, it really, I mean, you have such a large subset of skills after getting this degree, you know, it seems like you would just be, you'd be well equipped to assuming a, a leadership position yeah. in your, in your field, not necessarily, you know, specifically in in public health but you need that bird's eye view that that you know overview of of how the systemic um you know hospital practices work so that makes sense to me can you tell me what are the typical admissions requirements for masters in public health programs in like specifically for you for your program i guess yeah um, the graduate program, so you need to have an undergraduate degree. Mm -hmm. And we ask for, we don't ask for GREs and feel that they have been, uh, exclude people and, and based on um, historical practices. And so we, we don't have a specific cutoff for, for a GPA. For our undergraduate students, we require a 3.0 and we okay. require... Um, a one course in math and one course in science in college. And mm -hmm. so you don't need statistics to learn statistics, but it's really helpful to have mm -hmm. math fluency and just be yeah. familiar with science. And then, then the coursework, we teach you all the, the different um, public health sciences that you sure. need for your degree. So that's it. So there's no specific major and. And okay. we have our students come from, uh, some of them come from um, a program in public health sciences from our College of Nursing and Health Sciences, and they come into our accelerated MPH. And mm -hmm. some of them come from our College of Arts and Sciences and from a global health minor or a health and society major or anthropology, but they come from all over and then the requirement is that you you have um, uh, a math and math and science course, and, sure. and 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 you have a we like to see you have a passion or at least some idea of what you would like to do with your degree. So we ask all students for uh, a personal statement as to uh, why they why they want to study public health. Yeah, I think that makes total sense to me. Do you find you know, strong candidates, students have like a specific set of skills or specific characteristics, you know, overall? I really like, I really, it, it, when I was sort of describing the, 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 the kind of the five areas of public health, they're very broad. They include everything from the math to the behavioral sciences and health policy yeah. And so what I really like is I like the breadth of students and they come from their own perspective. And what I look for when I'm leading their applications is 
is what is it? What is it they're passionate about? And sometimes mm -hmm. it's a personal story. It's a family mm -hmm. member who was quite ill and there was something in the community and they had, there's something there. Or people envision themselves working in, in some an occupation, healthcare, a community, a government public health agency. Sometimes it's a global and they mm -hmm. want to work in global health. And sure. what is it, what is it there, what motivates them? And that's the thing that if they bring that passion and their own personal passion, what they think in advance they might want to do, that those students are mm. wildly successful. Okay. Yeah, you were talking about global health and how University of Vermont has like a, a uh, specialty, right, yeah. of global health. That seems like such a daunting task to me. You know, how do nurses fit? You know, what what is your role in, you know, thinking about global health and like how do we help? How does one person help in that in that topic? Well, global health, as you said, is, is so incredibly broad. So here's what we decided. And it's a concentration and students mm -hmm. can can elect that concentration when they come into the MPH program and they say, I want to, I want to participate in the concentration in global health leadership. So we give a course in global health, a course, and they have to take uh, a course on climate change. And we have mm -hmm. a couple different choices for them. And one is climate change emergencies. And that's something that is, as we know, has been a, a huge issue anywhere uh, in the world. Mm -hmm. And then um, a specific course on global health leadership. And what does that mean? Well, when we looked at some of the, you know, our students have been over the past maybe handful of years, been very interested in this in our faculty. And people have brought different interests and experience. But one, when we looked a little more closely at this, one of the big gaps out there in people wanting to be involved in global health. And this could be going somewhere, okay, mm -hmm. providing direct services or in charge of a local organization that provides services. Okay. It could be working with an NGO here. It could be a government organization in the U.S. that's involved in global health. There's okay. a lot of different options, but the gap was not necessarily in the people going and doing the work direct here on the ground, it was the people who had the skills to manage the mm -hmm. entire program, the leadership sure. part. So that's mm -hmm. what we decided to offer that curriculum. So for example, a nurse getting involved and concentrating in global health leadership would have the skills to be the supervisor of the program to ensure that whatever care or health services were delivered, they'd be delivered when you weren't there. Mm. And those programs could be sustained. So lots okay. of different choices. It's a very large space, but sure. there seemed to be a real need for people who have the leadership skills and management skills. So that this include things like you have to know how to, to have a budget right to manage people and yeah. people have, and their and different personalities and how to be a good 
representative of your organization sure. in a culturally sensitive way. So those are the kinds of skills mm. that we're trying to provide students in our program. Okay. And I'm sure that would probably give people an opportunity to work for, you know, like we're talking about national organizations like the, or World Health Organization or, yeah. you know, uh, Center for Disease Control, maybe, or I'm trying to think of some of these. Yeah, like that Red Cross. You know. Think about like the Red Cross yeah. as okay. an example, right? Um, think about there's global, global organizations. So yeah. there's there's a variety of different choices um, for, and and there's clearly a need for people with those skills. Sure, sure. I want to talk a little bit about research because I'm sure you know in yep. nurse policy, uh, you know, it's a uh, you know, big topic in the hospital, also evidence-based practice, you know, right. we're always moving towards doing the most up-to-date um, for quality patient care. Um, how does research, you know, it, play a role in the program? Um, Could we? Yeah, we'll start there. At the, ma at the master's level, you know, some of the courses that we mentioned, the epidemiology and the biostatistics, mm. those are skills that you use in research every day. Yeah. And, you know, I do that in my work. And those are sort of some of the foundation skills that you might use. Mm -hmm. um, some of our graduates, you know, you're prepared at the master's level. Some of our graduates are working in research settings, and that's an opportunity the the quality improvement side of healthcare clearly lends itself to this kind of thinking. Okay. Um, I I would also say that within the program you have an opportunity to you do a group as part of our capstone pro culminating project we call it. It's a group of about five students, and you learn to use a very large research database. Mm -hmm. And actually, you know, we do we do everything in teams now, right? We deliver healthcare yeah. in teams. We do research in teams. So you work with your team of students and a faculty, and it has a couple. You have a mentor, and you have a couple of course faculty as well. And you develop your research question. You figure out mm -hmm. um, how to work with your data, you, and interpret yeah. that and write a manuscript and create a poster and it's mm. it's it's really kind of simulates how we do research in the in the real world and and students do go on some students go on and publish or present those projects so so you so you get some um, training in yeah. that off the top of your head is there any kind of like exciting research that came through um you know your program or at you know uvm Let's see, one of the ones I was involved in, let's see, yes, 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 yes. Um, I'm trying to remember the current projects that we're, we had two students presenting their posters at American Public Health Association this year, and I can't remember all the particulars of their questions. <laughs> the one I was involved in uh, several years ago we actually looked at um, public health data on death certificates and whether that was accurate since people use that to determine funding and health priorities in entire states in our country. So mm. it, it, it varies widely. 
we sometimes look at the uh they did well some of this groups um studied opioid addiction and reporting and mm. and looked at the statewide data around elements of that as it connected to the health system but I there's see. a variety we have about at least eight to ten projects every year okay are there you know popular topics right now for research or like hot button you know noteworthy research that you're seeing in the public health realm right now what we pretty much do is we we invite we have students who might be interested in um different aspects of public health so we have a it's sort of driven by the national database so you might use the behavioral risk factor surveillance system that gets at those habits and behaviors that's a big cdc survey mm -hmm. or and there's an analogous one for adolescent health so if you want to look at aspects of adolescent health for example a team mm -hmm. might look at some of those questions so it there it varies year by year and we also have some healthcare related databases that they do we have a hospital discharge data set here mm. and um let's see yeah there's a whole variety there's a whole list of them so it varies and it's yeah. it's a bit flexible because the faculty want to allow the student group to determine what topic they might be passionate about for one study for their project sure yeah i think learning you know, research is such a passion of mine because I think I totally, we had talked a, just a little bit about misinformation and how it just spreads so quickly. And I really wish that, you know, I think understanding research is, you do, you dabble a little bit in undergrad, but for the most part, you know, you have to get an advanced degree in order to really delve into like how to look at studies and and to, to determine like what is a good study and so i think that's such a important piece and uh relevant piece of our of public health right now is is you know equipping people with good studies and being able to understand them and being able to educate people on what is a good study or not we have in the faculty and and how we do this and one of the areas that we are currently trying to expand is involving our MPH students in our own faculty research. And as an example, you know, you mentioned some of the, the hot topics. Some of the hot topics here involve addressing the needs of our rural communities mm -hmm. and and trying to there's a lot of health disparities, you know, mm -hmm. access to care. Uh, climate and health is a big one. I mentioned some of the floods. Um, yeah. Access to high quality health information. So we we work and in some of these uh, grants and different faculty are working on different research projects to try and involve uh, students in our program the opportunity to be involved in some of our work as they mm -hmm. progress through the program. Um, yeah. And and another thing that that I'm I'm trying to launch in the next uh, few months or so is to give some of our students a very small internship opportunity around health communication because mm -hmm. that communicating scientific information to the public, it's really hard. You know, you read a research, yes. you read research studies and then you say, oh, let's see, how should I explain this? And, and, 
and you have to explain it so it's understandable and credible yeah. and people actually might want to follow that advice right so it's yeah. very hard so i'm trying to put together an experience for our students to be able to practice that either through their you know take something that's current and you know many of these topics are quite controversial right yeah and 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 be able to explain it to people and that yes. that could be it could be a short written something it could be a an audio or video but but get some practice doing that because in terms of that's a huge needed skill set yes for 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 people in health well healthcare and public health right yeah absolutely as i'm i'm that's great that you're doing that because that i mean it's such a area of improvement in the hospital certainly i mean you know taking this complicated picture and breaking it down into layman's terms so that your patient understands it that's something that is is so needed and you know i wish that there was opportunities for you know courses like improving communication like that with your patients so that's wonderful that you're that you're you know trialing that in your program What advice do you have for nurses or healthcare professionals that are maybe considering pursuing an MPH degree? You know, um, do you have any, you know, people that prospective nurses that might be considering doing um, an MPH program? I think, I think my advice to people is to think about in your day-to-day work, what's really bugging you? You know, what is it? What is it? Is it that the system is, there's something in the system you can make better in terms of the quality of the care you're delivering? Is there something that you see and say maybe you've seen in several patients that you're taking care of that you feel like somebody needs to make that better? You know, and it could be, it could be like transportation to healthcare so that somebody doesn't end up in the emergency room. It could be mm-hmm. access to better food. It could be, so think, I would say, think about the things that you see that you feel like need to be changed yeah. and that you want to change. And if there's any of those that you could see yourself getting in more involved in being that change, mm-hmm. that's what you can do in public health. Mm, okay. Yeah, and just thinking about that, I mean, there's so these are such large systems. You know, if you if you work for the state, then you could spend all of your time working, you know, and never see like the hospital system. You know, is there? I don't know if I'm explaining this question correctly, but the, is there places where those two worlds intersect? You know, is there like does a public health that work for the state do they ever you know, have experience going to the hospital and like seeing how those hospital systems work. Yes, and it, and the, those places where they intersect, and that's where I live. That's kind of the world I live in. And so, mm. my my background's in medicine and healthcare, and yeah. then I studied public health and been very involved in public health practice and research. You know, most of my most of my career, and so. So here we have close collaborations with our uh, State Department of Health, mm. and we do research together. 
and we have yeah. we we work together. We have yeah. our students from here work with them there, and yeah, and okay. and a back and forth. And okay. I would say that's absolutely that's absolutely possible. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is this has been such a great conversation. And, you know, thank you so much for coming on and talking about this with me today. And I think I really, I see the value in nurses being a part of these institutions. And, you know, I think it's, it's instrumental towards, you know, understanding of the workflows and to improve people's lives. You know, it's, it's so important for nurses to be a part of these roles. I totally agree. (laughs) Well, where can um, people find you or is there any, uh, you know, if they want to apply to your program, where, where can they, where can they uh, apply? You can find UVM and PH program uh, on the University of Vermont website and you can start there and there's a place where you can chat with someone and, and um, ask questions and you can go there. They can write to me directly and... Um, if they're interested in public health, we're here to do our best to answer those questions. Great. Well, Dr. Carney, thank you so much for coming on today, and we will talk to you soon. Thank you. That brings us to the end of the show. Thanks for tuning in to Nursing Uncharted. To learn more about today's episode, make sure to explore the show notes at AmericanMobile.com slash Nursing Uncharted. And don't forget to subscribe so you never miss a guest. If you're a nurse interested in traveling, visit AmericanMobile.com to explore the largest database of travel nursing jobs in the industry and the amazing benefits that American Mobile has to offer. Also, a special thanks to producer Jonathan Carey, assistant producers Katie Schrauben and Sam McKay, and Aiden Dykes for the music and editing. Until next time, take care of yourself.